0: This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. There's balls abound all over the internet. We'll be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here at Best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. And Godspeed, welcome to the show. Coming at you live December 10th, 2020. 2020 is almost over, Jaswa. What what do you think we're going to write about it in the old history books?
1: Not much. Learned a lot. Had fun. That's right. pretty much it. That's Quiet pretty much year. it. Yeah. Um, something that has come to an end, though, is your birthday. It is the day after your birthday. You were 30. What's it feel like?
0: Um, it feels great. I, I had a good birthday. I got a lot of good texts, good calls, a lot of love uh so that feels good uh actually 30 versus 29 uh couldn't tell you my shoulder still fucking hurts that's about all i got
1: oof oof um well happy happy birthday and um glad you all had a good time celebrating it and you know i will be over with you there in about uh just under three weeks i will cross that barrier it's kind of like the cub scouts um, then you cross over the bridge, and then you're in uh, the Boy Scouts. I don't know if you you had that, but that's kind of how I'm picturing uh, the ceremony is going to be like for turning 30.
0: Okay, yeah, <laughs> totally reasonable.
1: <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Thank thank goodness uh, this year is about to be over for for obvious reasons. 2021 vibes ain't nothing bad gonna happen in 2021. You know, <laughs> all the bad stuff is behind us. Um, but we do have football, and, and that's good. Uh, a couple of things from last week's show. Um, I had some good calls and bad calls. As always, you take the bad news first. That's just science. Bad news, I, I gave out an AFC wildcard team if they were able to get in, could maybe make some noise. Um, that was the Tennessee, Tennessee Titans. They were pretty much blown out by the Browns. They only t- ended up losing by seven, but I think they let up 38 points in the first half. It was a pretty colossal uh, blowout that doesn't really change things. Um, I, I still think the Titans are a bit of a wild card, uh, but they've definitely won a lot of close games and, and probably aren't as good as their record. That being said, their, their brand of football still will be, uh, quite, quite interesting in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, their defense was, was lit up by Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and, and the NFC, I, I gave out the, the 49ers as a potential team. If they were able to get in, um, they could do some damage, and, and they lost, and it looks like they're not even going to make the playoffs. Uh, they got blown out by the Bills on Monday night. The Bills looked amazing. Uh, probably couldn't look any better. Uh, I had a lot of bets directly and indirectly where I needed the Niners to win that game. Uh, so, of course, that fell short, and I was freaking pissed. But what can you do? What can you do? Live to uh, bet
0: another day. I feel like the Browns is a team that I never hear you talk about on this pod, besides maybe the the preseason stuff.
1: Browns. Yeah, we're actually we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about their game tonight, more about the Ravens, because they're on Monday Night Football. Um but yeah, the Browns are a really interesting team. They are nine and three and they have a negative uh point differential. Um so that implies that they're probably not as good as nine and three. Uh but I actually do think they're a pretty pretty solid team. Uh, they just don't have the passing game. I know. I just talked about how they Baker Mayfield just lit up the Titans, but uh, I think that was more of a, a one-off type of deal. Uh, great running team uh, has some de- have a couple of special players on defense, but overall, not a great defense. Um, but just doesn't have really the passing game mm-hmm. uh, to, to compete with the, the elites. That being said, it's a crazy year, uh, and I do think Monday Night Football uh, will be will be interesting. So actually, let's just go this way. Call this flexible teaching in the biz, but let's start off with Monday Night Football. Um, I was going to get to the good news and stuff I did last week, but um, it, it's okay. You ruined it, Rob. It's all it's all good. Right. Um, but the, <laughs> the Ravens travel to uh, Cleveland Monday night. They play their third straight non-Sunday game. They played on a Wednesday afternoon. They played on a Tuesday night uh, two nights ago, and next week they'll be playing on Monday Night Football. This is a scheduled non-Sunday game. Uh, Right now, they're a two-point favorite at Cleveland. Uh, Total is 47 points, uh, relatively low uh, total in the modern NFL. The Ravens came off a a 17-point win against Dallas on Tuesday night. They looked good. They didn't look amazing. Uh, I think it was more about the Cowboys being bad. Um, The Ravens, remember two weeks ago, played with essentially a taxi squad uh, up in Pittsburgh, made a game of it, didn't have, I think, somewhere around 15 to 20 players um, and without, and most notably their starting quarterback, Lamar Jackson, um, and they made a game of it. Uh, whereas Tuesday they, they pretty much dominated the Cowboys. I did have a live bet on, on the Ravens when they were, they were down 10 to seven. Uh, the one note I did have from that game is their offense did look good. Uh, it's kind of hard to, to rate it since the the Cowboys are such a bad defense. Um, but their defense did not look very good. um, just given the, the nature of the talent on that defense and the fact that they were just recovering from such an unorthodox situation with the COVID, um, I'm willing to give them a the benefit of the doubt. Um, but we're going to learn a lot Monday night about, about the Ravens. Uh, they're pretty much in a must-win spot. So they're coming into the Monday night game with a 59% chance of making the playoffs. If they win, that goes up to an 86% chance. If they lose, that goes down to a 33% chance. So a massive, massive game for the Ravens. Uh, on the other side the Browns are pretty much locked into the playoffs they are sitting around a 91 percent um, but they have a very I think they have like a 1% chance of actually winning their division so they they have much less motivation for for this game that being said it is a rivalry game um, there's there's no love loss between Baltimore and Cleveland uh, I think we'll learn a lot about both teams um, so this is definitely one I'm, I'm waiting to to make any any uh, Probably not going to make any bets on. If I was forced to, I, I would bet on the Ravens right now at two. Anything under a field goal, but if it got to a field goal, I, I definitely wouldn't touch it, and I most likely won't touch it. Uh, I will say though, given that playoff implication, if the Ravens do make win this game, there there are eighty six percent chance to uh, make the playoffs. They finish their season with the Jaguars, the Bengals, and the Giants. Uh, two. Or excuse me, three uh, bottom feeders and or three teams below five hundred. Uh, two bottom feeders. The, the Giants are playing good football, uh, but the the Ravens should be about six to seven point favorites against them. Um, any questions about anything I talked about Monday Night Football? Anything you want me to dive deeper into your Browns fetish? Um, <laughs> what can I do for you?
0: I think that was great, dude. No, no okay. fetishes over here.
1: <laughs> okay. center uh, Night Football, probably the best. Uh, game of the week. It's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to beautiful Buffalo in December, uh, playing the bills. The bills are a one and a half point favorite Steelers. I don't know if you saw this Rob, but they were upset by the football team from Washington on, uh, Monday night. And for the second straight week with the Washington football team wins a game and it hurts my bets. So they can, even when they win this fucking franchise pisses me off. Um, but what can you do? What can you do? Um, the Giants had just beaten the Seahawks, a major upset. I have the Giants 50-1 to 1 to win the division. Pretty much sitting at a 65-70% clip after that win, as long as Pittsburgh beats the the, the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way, beat the, the Washington Red um, football team at home. Uh, of course, they weren't able to get that done, and now it's – a little bit closer to 50-50. The Giants are still a, a favorite, but not nearly as big of a favorite as they would be had they um, just simply simply beaten the Washington football team. Undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers um, could not get it done, though. Up 14-0 in the game and could not beat them. Uh, that being said, they are traveling to Buffalo Sunday night primetime game. Uh, I was really impressed by the Bills. Uh, like I said, I had, I had a lot of rooting interest for the 49ers in their Sunday night, or excuse me, this past Monday night game. Uh, but the Bills were the clearly better team. Josh Allen looked amazing. Uh, they carved up the 49ers, who, who were missing a lot of pieces, but still a, a, an average to slightly above average defense. Um, so I do think the Bills are rightly favored here. Um, and, and I do think, numbers-wise, is probably anything under a field goal is is a good bet. I just... Um, Right now you're getting the Steelers at, at pretty much their lowest price they've been at in about five or six weeks, and you're getting the Bills at its highest price. So just based on principle, I'm not gonna bet this game. Um because that, that's just that's not what you want to do, right? Take take one team that's at its lowest and another team that's at its highest. If anything, we want to bet the team that's on its lowest. Um, but I, I do think this is a fair spread. Um, I think that the bills, anything under a field goal is good, but I'm not going to bet it. If it did get to three, I would take the Steelers. Um, But the Steelers have major questions. Um, I've talked, I think, weeks upon weeks about how I think the Steelers are overrated. Uh, They finally got put in their place by the Washington football team. Uh, Much to my chagrin, of course, but uh, now I think they're more appropriately rated. Um, I also think, a lot of times you get these teams that were overrated. They finally get put in their place. A lot of times you'll get a good bounce back effort. So I'm more um, waiting to, to watch this game. Um, that being said, the, the Bulls should be favored, and, and they are. A week ahead, of uh, looking at the spread, the, the Steelers were a two-point favorite. So the lines already moved about essentially four points. Um, thoughts, feelings? Um, oh, and I, before we get to your thoughts, feelings, I want to talk about the implications for this game the bills are pretty much locked up, but both the bills and the Steelers have locked up playoff spots, but for the Steelers, they come into this game with a 40% chance of getting the number one seed. And and that buy. if they win the game, they're at 69%. If they lose, they're at 12% for getting that one seed. So definitely an important game for the Steelers. Now to your, your thoughts, feelings, and fetishes there, (laughs) Rob.
0: I like this addition to my input here. Uh, so no, this looks like too from a from a uh, perhaps investment value standpoint. Too too tight, too hard. One that you want to look at closely in terms of uh, futures and meaning, like a meaningful game and in, in the shape of things. But in terms of the angles about who's going to do better, it's two good teams. You mentioned kind of mean reversion versus momentum, right? Like going with the team that's on the up and up versus uh, mean reversion would be betting on. Pittsburgh to to bounce back, not really having a favor between. Well, I think you said that you you prefer mean reversion rather than right the, the other one. Um, but yeah, it looks like a looks like it's going to be a no bet for me.
1: Yeah, exa- exactly. And and as well said, how you said it's it's definitely one we're going to want to watch and we're going to learn a lot uh, about both teams. But um, yeah, I'd actually would probably be on the Bills if the Steelers not lost. Um, but I, I do think. A lot of times, you kind of get the the monkey off your back when you're undefeated this late in the season, and it kind of is a bit of a reset, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot and, and listen to um, Chris Collinsworth um, call a beautiful game on Sunday night. So I'm excited. That sweet, uh,
0: sweet sound of of Chris Collinsworth. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, Three other games I wanted to talk about. Um, they're pretty important for different uh, reasons. Uh, the first is the Colts at the Raiders. So the Colts, um, are right now a 70% chance to make the playoffs. If they were to, w- to win, they were, uh, 88%. Uh, if they were to lose though they dropped down to 46%. Uh, they're also 38% to win their division. If they won, they would be at 47%. If they were to lose, they would be at 30%. Um, right now they are in the five seed for, uh, the playoffs, And one of the teams they are ahead of is the Raiders, whom they are playing in fabulous Las Vegas. Um, So this is obviously a a big game because it's two teams trying to make a a wild card push. Um, Oakland, or excuse me, not Oakland, Las Vegas is out of the playoffs currently. They have back-to-back losses. um, Excuse me, they should have lost last week against the Jets, uh, a really, really bad Jets team. Uh, but they had a miracle Hail Mary play that worked. Um, so th- this Raiders team the week before got blown out by the Falcons who essentially never blow anyone out. So this is this is a game we're, we're definitely going to learn a lot about. I have a lot of positions on the Colts, um, so I don't feel terribly confident about the Colts in this position. Not that I'm necessarily afraid of the Raiders, just kind of two two teams that that have a wide range of outcomes in terms of performances. Um, so I'm going to hedge a little of my position, uh, a variety of ways to take the Titans to win the South. Um, I have the, I have Indianapolis to make the playoffs and to win the South. Um, so take the Titans is just a little bit, a little off the top there. Uh, that being said, I do like the over in this game. I don't know if I'm going to bet it. I'm not a totals master by any, any means, but this is in a dome. Uh, the Raiders defense, I think just gave up 30 points to the jets. Uh, the Colts defense is very overrated. The Raiders do have a good offense. Um, so if I did have to make a bet on that game, I would say Colts uh, Colts Raiders over uh, right now. Looks like you can get 50 and a half. Uh, another game I wanted to talk about was Kansas City at Miami. I'm um, pretty famous for not wanting to bet against Patrick Mahomes, but if I had to, I don't think I'm going to, but if I had to, I would pick this spot. Uh, Kansas City is... Not covered, I think, in three weeks. Um, they they build big leads on teams, but they just not able to put teams away. Uh, Sunday night, they played a, a Denver Broncos team that's much lower in class from them, and uh, and still barely won that game. I did bet the, the Chiefs live, which was nice, um, but they were I think a thirteen points favorite, and they only won by maybe five five six or seven points. Uh, Miami is a major, major game for Miami coming into this game. They're are 39% to make the playoffs. If they were to win, that would jump up to 70%. If they were to lose that, it would only go down to 31%. Um, and that's in particular because Kansas city is a seven and a half point favorite at Miami. Um, and, and, On paper, that that should be pretty on point. But this game, other than the number one seed, which for Kansas City, uh, they have a 58% chance of getting right now. If they were to win, they get a 63% chance. If they were to lose, uh, it would only be a 30% chance. Uh, But Kansas City's kind of made a habit of winning these games but not covering. Uh, And then you factor in that Kansas City just played on Sunday Night Football, primetime game. Next week, they play the New Orleans Saints, which is kind of like a a showdown of uh, probably the most likely Super Bowl uh, is going to be Kansas City and New Orleans, so that's got a major game for next week. Uh, whereas Miami, this is their third game at home; they're staying at home. Uh, obviously, need this game. So, if you want to do it, I think taking seven and a half with Miami is a good bet. I won't be doing it just because I, I, I earlier this year I, I bet on the Ravens against the Chiefs, and I just told myself, uh, unless the stars absolutely align, I, I want no part of betting against uh, these Kansas City Chiefs in terms of Patrick Mahomes and. Uh, Andy Reid being the coach. Uh thoughts, feelings, uh fetishes about any of those two games there, Rob.
0: You love these dolphins. That's that's <laughs> the one thing that'll make you go back on your Patrick Mahomes lock. Don't bet against him. Um yeah I have one question about this. So we use the same website every week to kind of look at the matrix of bets of what's available in a few different books. And from what I can see this has a little bit of discrepancy on the different books of what you can get uh in terms of the spread, Kansas City, Miami. Um, is this is that real? Is this a place where you would go and get the best number that you can see? Do you always do that? Do you always like look for look yeah. across five or six places and, and get the best one that's offered? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean that's that's like Sports betting 101 is you should have as many outs, quote unquote, as possible. Mm-hmm. And you want to um, just shop for the best price because it, it's essentially going to lower your VIG or your tax per bet mm-hmm. uh, if you get the best price. Um, so, what they, what's interesting about this game is the Chiefs are obviously a, a, a popular team to bet on. They're the best team in the NFL. So what you're seeing is a couple books are offering seven. Some have it at eight and a half. Some have it at seven and a half. And what that is, is that's called teaser protection, teaser protection. So the one book has it at eight and a half, because if you were to tease them down, it only gets you down to two and a half. So that gives the one and the two Kansas city could still win by, but the teaser doesn't win. Um, So that, that sports book is just doing what's called teaser protection and is making it high, that high so that way you have to tease it. And if Kansas City wins by one or, in this case, two, um, you wouldn't win your teaser because everyone knows every, – everyone wants to bet on the best team in, in football. So they just want them to win the game. So they like, oh, I'll, I'll just tease this down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why, that's why it's a teaser protection. Um, so if I – to be honest, a really good way to exploit this, I mean – it would be actually take that eight and a half and tease it the other way with the dolphins. Then you would actually get 14 and a half. That's two mm-hmm. touchdowns. Uh, I'm not going to do that just because I, I you know, I, I, told you about my, my, personal preference about, uh, not betting against Kansas city. Um, but yeah, that, that's very, very keen eye of you. And that's that teaser protection. And, and I mean, teasers are a really good way to bet, uh, the NFL. If you know what you're doing and know how to get those key numbers, um, and, and it's a, it's a little bit of a way of the sports books, trying to get ahead of the public who's going to come in and bet on the chiefs. Um, so that's a, that's a very good question there, Rob. Uh, the final game I want to talk about is actually just came on the board. The, the screen is blinking on a couple of these, uh, the Arizona Cardinals travel to fabulous New York, New York. Um, and by that we mean, uh, New Jersey to play the New York giants um, right now, they are a three point. Uh, I actually think I'm going to bet that three at plus three uh, for the Giants. Uh, the Cardinals are a three point favorite. Uh, the Giants are a really, really good team. Um, they're not exactly—I should say—they're really, really well coached team. They're not like a really, really good team, but they're a really, really good coach, well coached team, I should say. And um, the Cardinals are definitely the more talented team, um, but their 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 coaching is not that great. Um, they, they were out coached last week by the Rams. And that was one of the good points of the, the show I was able to bring to last week was talking about why the Rams were a three point favorite where all the the metrics say the teams were pretty much even. And that was because Sean McVay pretty much owns the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury, even though the, um, obviously only his second year with the Cardinals. Um, and the other matchup of coach mismatches was the Patriots versus the Chargers, which was pretty much like a pick I think the uh, the Chargers closed as a favorite and um, the Patriots won 45 to nothing in what we labeled as the biggest coaching mismatch in NFL history. Um, so that, that was something that, yeah, I have something I wanted to, to mention. Uh, Double f- click on that one, baby. Yeah. Finally, finally got one right, right? Yeah. Um, but I actually did take the the Rams live last week against the Cardinals. Finally got a, a Rams bet right. I think I'm one and eight either on or against the Rams this year. Finally got a Rams bet right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really think the Cardinals are kind of falling apart here, especially going across country. I, uh, Kyler Murray, he injured his shoulder in that Seahawks game about three weeks ago, and he doesn't look like he's been 100% since. Um, but yeah, I also think a lot of it is is the NFL's kind of figured out the Cardinals offense and it's kind of making them adjust. Um, whereas, I, like I said, I don't think the Giants are a great team by any means, uh, but I, I do think they're well coached at home, uh, making the Cardinals come across country. This is a game I would like to tease up. I didn't expect to get the three here, but uh, if you look, it's one of the lowest totals of the week. It's a 45. I think if you can get the Giants teased up to like eight or nine points, that'd be really great. Um I, I don't see the Cardinals blowing out the Giants. I really, really don't see that. I can see it being close. I can see them winning by a field goal, um, but but and even even a touchdown. But more than a touchdown, I'd be really, really surprised. Um, but huge implications for both these teams. The Giants come in with a fifty-three percent chance to uh, win the division and win my bet, my fifty-to-one bet. If they were to win, they're at seventy percent. Uh, if they were to lose, they would go down to thirty-six percent. The Cardinals have a thirty-six percent chance to win or excuse me, to make the playoffs. Uh, if they were to win, they'd jump up to 54%. If they were to lose, it would go down to 19%. Um, so definitely a big leverage game for both teams. Um, i am probably not going to bet it just because I'm already invested in the Giants aplenty, um, but I may tease the Giants up to um, 8.5 or 9, depending on what the number is, because uh, I, I really would be shocked to see the, the Cardinals blow out the Giants. But stranger things have certainly happened. Uh, last angle, I kind of wanted to talk about a game. Um, you kind of have two things: uh, one benefiting one team, one uh, kind of a difficult schedule spot for another. Uh, the New Orleans Saints against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, this opened at seven. It looks like it's going to be bet down about six and a half. It's at six and a half a couple places. So you have the Saints, their third straight road game. Uh, so two, two weeks ago they went to Denver. Last week they went to Atlanta. And this week they're going to beautiful Philadelphia. Uh, and next week the Saints play the Chiefs in that huge game we kind of talked about, a potential Super Bowl uh, preview in the Superdome. And they're also playing Taysom Hill again for, I believe, a fourth straight game. He's done he's done really well. He's definitely done better than I expected. Uh, but I, they think that Drew Brees could play this week, but they're saving him kind of for next week. Um, it wouldn't shock me if if the Saints were somewhat overlooking this game. Um, obviously the Saints are playing for a number one seed, but other than that, um, not the most important game for them. Uh, so especially being the third travel, uh, week in a row could easily see this game be, um, overlooked. Another thing you may notice is the total open up at 46, it's down to 42 and a half. That's because the Eagles have switched quarterbacks. They're going to, uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, the former Alabama quarterback, uh, who then transferred to Oklahoma and nearly won the Heisman there. Carson Wentz has been just absolute dog shit, uh, and oftentimes when you see a coach or a, or a quarterback get benched or fired, um, you'll see the team kind of respond positively. and And the Eagles' issues go way beyond Carson Wentz, but he's also been fucking dog shit. Um, so I think a lot a lot of times get guys just get the message that hey, this is professional football; you could lose your job. If you know, if the if the quarterback making a hundred million dollars. You know, over the next five years, can get benched. So could you. Um, So a lot of times, you do get the best efforts for that. Uh, Also, Jalen Hurts is like the easiest guy in the world to like. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wouldn't be a shocker if if he was a fan of the in the the clubhouse and and you know they want to obviously put their best efforts for that for him. Obviously, this is professional football, so you're going to get their best efforts ever anyway. But um, there is that potential dynamic, and there's also the dynamic that maybe Jalen is just really good. Um, So there's a lot of ways the Eagles can cover here. Um, but if you're not getting that seven, I, I wouldn't bet it. Uh, if you're getting that seven, definitely if you got the seven and a half, it would be a bet. Um, but the saints, the saints are clearly the best team, uh, in the NFC. Uh, I think the Packers are, are the only ones close to them. So I shouldn't say clearly. Uh, but those two are clearly the best teams, especially with the Seahawks losing to the Giants at home this past week. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to talk about, um, life after 29, Anything uh, to share I got, with? The, I, got dumb, I got
0: a dumb betting question. Love it. Still back to the back to the basics here on teasers. In both directions on teasers, you can go either way on both of the games that you want, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, you have to uh, a standard teaser is six points. You can pay more for a six and a half or a seven, mm-hmm. uh, but a six point is is your standard. And you move a spread six points either way, but you have to couple it with another game. And you get six points either way with that. Okay. So
0: you could tease the Eagles to one and then use that other direction on mm-mm,
1: mm-mm. You, you could tease the right now, you're getting the Eagles six and a half. Okay. So so you could tease okay. the you could tease the Eagles up to twelve and a half. Um, but that just wouldn't be super efficient because I mean, you're getting seven and ten, yes, but like the twelve isn't really helping you that much. So it's not the most efficient way of using it. Okay. Uh, the most efficient way of using it is when you're getting three and seven. So a really good, um, a really good one is if you see a team that's like two points or three points and teasing them up. So that's what I was saying about the Giants game, uh, because you'd be you'd be getting the three and you'd be getting the seven. You'd be getting gi- the Giants plus eight and a half or plus nine. Um, now, that doesn't mean you can't tease in other scenarios. I ha- actually have a teaser tonight on the Patriots-Rams game. Right now it spreads 4.5. Uh, the total is 43.5. I have the Patriots teased up to 10.5 uh, because I wanted to get that 7 and that 10, two fairly common numbers, 7 being the most common. I think um, I just
0: phrased it incorrectly. So I meant to tease the Saints down perhaps from 7 1? Correct. To one. correct. Okay, yes. Okay. So tease yes. Saints down – seven to one, and then the Giants game going the other direction. You're saying right. that, that is, you could go and lay that right now.
1: Yep. Yep. You could bet that. And, and a way that that's used is um, that's used because the lines are so efficient, right? So now we're saying, all right, these, these numbers are so efficient that, okay, well let's, let's move it and get those six points because th- if the market was efficient, then that means those six points are, um, you know, that that's an advantage we're getting. Mm-hmm. And we want to make those six points be spread around the more, more key numbers. So a three, a seven, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, I think something around 8% of games land on three. So, y- you know, you, you're trying to increase that. Uh, obviously you have to compound it because you have to win both games. Um, but so you, you gotta be at 75% or better for both games to have uh, positive expected value. So you, you know, at any game, you're, you're about fifty percent, right? If the if the markets are, let's just say the markets are perfectly efficient, they're both at fifty percent. Um, you need to tease that number needs to move to create at least twenty five percent of expected value in your win percentage for that bet uh, for both of them to keep right. you above fifty percent. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. So that's where it comes in. But it is a good strategy, especially later in the year when weather becomes a bit bigger factor. Uh, you see lower totals, so tighter games. You want to use these teasers on lower scoring games because, um, for example, in the Giants game, if you're getting eight points, well, they're only expect- expected to score 45 points. So that eight points is, is something like um, you know, nearly 20% of the expected points to be scored in that game. Yep. Right. Whereas, if you were in the the Lions Packers game, which is fifty five, you know, if you're only getting eight points, that's that's down closer to fifteen percent, you know, fourteen percent probably, um, if that makes any sense. It does. So, so yeah, that's actually a great question. But, um, like I said. These are just the pregame bets, and a lot of what I do, especially betting live, is is I just take into account what the, the line movements have been all week. And then let's say, so for example, the Cardinals' last game against the Rams, um, they scored kind of a, a fluky 60-yard touchdown early, and I just took the Rams live because I said that's a complete fluke. Uh, money came in on the Rams all week. I liked the coaching mismatch. Um, this was a, The Rams got the ball uh, in the second half. All these advantages, I, t- I took the Rams live. So a lot of times you can just track the market. So kind of like we're saying about like the Bills-Steelers game, right? That's a game we're not going to touch, but we can watch the market all week. And let's say a, a random event happens in the first quarter. All right, well, we can play off that. You know what I mean? Um, so that's where we get to kind of watch the market because, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars are coming in affecting these markets. So it's, I mean, there's information that we don't know, but we can indirectly kind of infer because all right, well, some for some reason the that that line is moving that way. You know what I mean? It Doesn't mean we just it's blind faith, but it's also not zero. You know, it's a, it's definitely it's not it's a non-zero as well. Um, so so hopefully that makes sense. And that's just the way I want people to be thinking about these games. You know, you should be thinking probabilistically. You should be thinking that you don't have all the answers. You don't have all the information. There's insider information. There's also people who just they sort the data better. They're able to separate the signal and noise better. Um, so you, just being aware of your own, f- you know, shortcomings and try to just, if possible, uh, you know, at the very worst, be aware of it so it doesn't harm you. And if if you can somehow incorporate it in, into at least being somewhat beneficial to you, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a. Boil it down to a, a small saying, I would just say there's there's really smart people with a lot a lot of money betting into this, um, and there's you know more than one way to skin the cat. So so just be aware of that and, and try to incorporate that uh, into your handicapping. And and there's things you're not going to get. I mean, you could look at these games all day long, watch the film, do all these things. There's still stuff you're you're not going to be able to get because there's a million people versus you, right? That there's always going to be some information that slips through the cracks that you're not going to be able to get. Um, so we can read the market to try to kind of indirectly see what that was. Um, I think that was good. I mean, that's a higher level concept. Uh, and, and I'm sure there's plenty of people listening that are saying, what What exactly are they talking about? That's fine. Um, but I just kind of kind of want to introduce it and, and reinforce those topics because that's how you kind of go from being a, a novice to at least a somewhat intermediate uh, serious sports better. Just thinking of those those concepts. Uh, on that note, I, I will I will respect my elder and and let you sign us off here, uh, Rob.
0: Peace out from the Jay and Silent Rob podcast. Catch you guys next week.
1: Peace.